there is a word. Uh, it is the word tolerance. And how many you probably heard this word a lot? Word tolerance. You hear the word a lot. Tolerance. And people talk about how we need to be tolerant of this, that, or the other thing. Well, the word tolerance comes from the uh, root word tolerate. And I want to share with you the definition of tolerate. And and that definition is this: is to accept or endure something or someone uh, that is unpleasant or disliked with forbearance. To accept or endure someone or something uh, unpleasant or disliked with forbearance. Now, forbearance is a word that means a patient endurance. So it means to patiently put up with something or someone you don't like. Okay? That's what this word tolerate means. And so when we are told that we need to be tolerant, It means that we need to put up with or or bear with someone or something that we don't like patiently. You know, like people in traffic. How many of you have to tolerate traffic on a fairly regular basis? I feel so bad for you. I live three minutes from my job. I don't feel bad for you. Um, But when it comes to tolerance, you know, we're told that we need to be tolerant of so many things. We're told that we need to be tolerant of, of people who think differently than we do. You need to tolerate them. We need to be tolerant uh, of people who uh, behave differently than we do, who live a different lifestyle than we do. We need to be tolerant of them. Uh, We need to be tolerant of other religions, even though other religions may not be tolerant of you. Uh, We need to be tolerant uh, of of all kinds of things, uh, of the person from the uh, opposing political party from you. You need to be tolerant of them. And here's the thing about this word tolerance. Here's the thing about tolerating somebody who may believe or behave or think differently than you. There's very little grace in that. And there's very, very little love in that. You see, you may be told you've got to tolerate someone or something, a personal preference, a personal opinion, a different lifestyle, a different uh, religious background, a different ethnic background. You've got to be tolerant. And when you still don't like them, you're just putting up with them. And there's very little grace in that and very little love in that. It's just, I'm going to put up with you until you go away. And the sooner you go away, the better. And have you ever felt that way? I know I have. (laughs) With some of you. No, I'm kidding. I love you guys. Love you guys. You're like, John, don't worry. The feeling's mutual, buddy. Just waiting for you to end your ministry and get out of here. So, uh, thanks. Um, but in all seriousness, you know, we're told that we need to be tolerant. Like I said, there's very little grace, very little love in that. And what we need to learn to do in the church, because in the church there are times that we have to tolerate one another, there are times we have to put up with one another. There are times we have to bear with one another because we don't all believe the same. We don't all behave the same. We don't all think the same. We have different uh, opinions and, and preferences. You know? I like the bearded Brandon better than the unbearded Brandon. Oh, you noticed. But we have different preferences, different ways of believing, different ways of thinking, whether it be politically or religiously, uh, what we think about the scriptures. We have different ways of thinking, believing, and behaving. And sometimes we don't want to tolerate each other. Sometimes we don't want to be tolerant of one another. 
and we just really wish that the other person would go away. And like I said, there's very little grace in that. It's not what we're told to do. In fact, the Apostle Paul, who used to be an enemy of Jesus and then became his greatest missionary, uh, told us that, that we need to bear with one another in love. We'll talk about that in just a second. You see, we're in a series called Heart Matters. And in this series, we are looking at uh, this last command that Jesus gave to his disciples. The last command Jesus gave to his disciples was love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And that's what Jesus boiled his whole ministry down to was this last command. He met with his disciples in an upper room and they got together and they celebrated the Passover. And as they were celebrating the Passover, Jesus told them, look guys, this is what I need you to do. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And, and how did Jesus love us? He gave up his life for us. He, he died for our sins. So that if you'll put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ by believing in him and turning away from sin and repentance, confessing your faith, getting baptized, God will wash away your sins and fill you with his Holy Spirit and, and his presence will live in you and you will live forever with him. And that's the beauty of grace. That God in his grace gives us this free gift of salvation, this free gift of forgiveness. And if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, he will fill you with his love so that you can love other people. And that's what we're called to do is to love one another, especially in the church. That we need to love one another. And we're looking at eight different ways that we can put that into practice. So the first week we talked about loving one another and the importance of this unconditional love. I taught you a Greek word. The Greek word was agape. And the Greek word agape literally means an unconditional love. It's, a, it's an unconditional, unlimited, unselfish kind of love. It's a, a humble, sacrificial love. And that's the way that Jesus loved us, with a, a humble, sacrificial kind of love. An unconditional love, with no conditions on it. It's an unconditional love that doesn't expect anything in return. That God says, Jesus says, I will love you even if you don't love me back. Jesus says, I will love you even if you don't believe in me. God still loves us. Even when our faith is weak, even when our faith is faltering, God still says, I love you unconditionally. Whether you believe in me or not, whether you love me back, whether you ever do anything for me, I love you. What God says to the whole world. And he proved it by sending his son Jesus to die for our sins. And so we talked about the importance of that, of imitating that love, that unconditional love, and that we have that for each other in the church. We also then talked about, the two weeks ago, we talked about accepting one another and what it means to accept one another or to welcome or receive one another in the church. And we talked about the difference between accepting sin and accepting sinners. And we're all sinners, every single one of us. In, the, in Paul's letter to the church at Rome, he said that everyone has sinned. There's no difference between Jew or Gentile. There's no difference between red, yellow, black, white, or brown. We're all sinners, every single one of us have sinned in some way. And God says, I love sinners. And that's how Jesus, that's what Jesus says, I accept and welcome sinners. And when you come to Jesus, he will accept you right where you are. He doesn't say you got to clean up your act first, because you can't, can't do it on your own. We've been trying for, for centuries to clean up our own act. Can't do it. Go on Amazon.com and look for self-help books. You'll find a million of them. 
Why do people, why do people keep writing self-help novels, self-help books? Because we can't do it. We can't help ourselves. We just can't. But Jesus says he will help us. And he will turn our lives around. That's what Jesus does. He changes lives. Uh, and so we, what we need to do in the church is we need to accept one another as Christ has accepted us. That Christ accepted us in our weaknesses, our faults, our failures, and our sins. And we need to do that for one another. Again, we don't accept sin just as Jesus doesn't accept sin, but he accepts sinners and so do we. This is a church. If this is your first time here, I want you, I want you to know this is a church where it's okay to not be okay. This is a church where it's okay to be a failure. This is a church where it's okay to have faults and weaknesses. And, and yet we're all sinners. Every single one of us. And while it's not okay to sin, it's okay to be a sinner. Because Jesus changes sinners into saints. And so we put our faith in Him for Where faith comes in. So last week we talked about submitting to one another and the importance of submitting to one another in the church. Paul said in, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That because you love Jesus, and because you want to honor Jesus, you need to submit to each other in the church. So that's what we do. We put others ahead of ourselves. We put others' needs before our own. And we put others' feelings before our own. And that we love and accept and submit to one another in the church. And we saw how that practically plays out in a household where a wife is called to submit to her husband and a husband is called to love his wife as Christ loved the church to submit to her in love and and so we had this what we call the submission competition and we need to see who can out submit the other person in love Christ submitted himself to the cross and we need to submit ourselves to him and to one another and have this submission competition. Today we're going to talk about what it means to bear with one another. And then we're going to teach you another Greek word in just a second. The New Testament was written in ancient Greek, and the Greek word we're going to teach you today comes from the book of Ephesians. We're back in the book of Ephesians. Uh, the, if you don't know what the book of Ephesians is, it is a letter that Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. And you're like, oh, Ephesus. You know right where they've been there. No, you haven't. Ephesus doesn't exist anymore. But anyway, uh, Ephesus was a city in what is now modern-day Turkey, over in the Middle East, over in the Medi on the Mediterranean. In fact, it's not too far from the Mediterranean, uh, just east of the Mediterranean Sea. And it was located on a major river, and, and Paul wrote a letter to the churches that met around Ephesus. And the first half of the book of Ephesians is very theoretical, very theological. It's what we believe. The second half of the book of Ephesians is very practical and pragmatic, and it's all about what we do with what we believe. And so what Paul says when he changes uh, gears, when he switches gears and goes from what we believe to what we do with what we believe, he says this in chapter 4, verse 2. He says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Now, like I said, I'm going to teach you another Greek word, and this is the Greek word aneko. And the Greek word aneko literally means to bear with, to put up with, or to endure. And some of you are thinking, now, this is a word I understand. Because there are a lot of people that I have to put up with. Maybe they're your co-workers, 
maybe they're in your house. Uh, maybe they're here at church. Maybe it's the guy on the stage. Yeah, put up with your preaching every week because the music rocks. But anyway, um, this Greek word on echo literally means to bear with, to put up with, or to endure. And Paul gives the Ephesians five key characteristics, five things that they have to do. The first is they need to be humble toward one another. It means considering others better than yourself. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. That's what C.S. Lewis said. So we need to be humble toward one another. We need to be gentle toward one another. We need to deal with each other gently and not harshly. We need to be patient with one another. That's a, a Greek word that literally means long-suffering. And some of you think, yes, I've been suffering a long time. You don't know what patience is yet. Give me a few years. Um, but we need to be patient with one another. We need to bear with one another. We'll talk about that for the balance of our time. And we need to love one another. Those are the five things we got to do, according to Paul in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. We need to be humble toward one another, be gentle toward one another, be patient with one another. We need to bear with one another and love one another. Uh, when it comes to this idea of bearing with one another, the key to this is that we do so in love. Because you can put up with a lot of things. You know, I, um, I put up, I have put up with cream cheese in a buffalo chicken dip. I know. I know. I don't like cream cheese. In fact, I would go so far as to say I strongly dislike cream cheese. And I can usually tell when there is cream cheese in a dish. And a friend of mine served me buffalo chicken dip, which was delicious, but it had cream cheese in it after they told me it did not. I put up with the cream cheese. I didn't like it, but I put up with it. And not in love. In the church, though, we need to bear with one another. We need to sometimes put up with one another, endure one another, but we do so in love. Because we love Jesus, and because we love one another, there are times that we have to bear with one another. And you know who I'm talking about. I mean, in your mind, there is someone that you know that when you see them coming at you in church, you're like, hopefully they didn't see me, because I'm about to do a 180 and get out of here. Nervous laughter, nervous laughter, nervous laughter. And you're like, man, I hope they don't see me run away from them. But you know who I'm talking about. We'll talk more about that in just a second. But this whole idea of bearing with one another in love is the key. That sometimes we do. We have to put up with somebody. We have to bear with somebody. that gets on our nerves. I call them EGRs. Extra grace required. I can be that person. And I think I know what you're thinking. No, Sean, you're you're wonderful. No, I'm not. I know there's some of you who turn around and run when you see me coming. It's okay. No offense taken. It doesn't hurt long. I'm, I'm crying myself to sleep on my pillow at night. Why don't they like me? We have to bear with one another in love from time to time. Col Colossians chapter three repeats this same verse. 
uh, the same idea. Colossians 3, 13, 14 says, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on what? Which binds them all together in perfect unity. And so the, the book of Colossians was a letter to the churches that met around Colossae. And Colossae was a city, a city that was further east in modern-day Turkey. It's further east from Ephesus. And Paul told them the same thing. You've got to bear with each other in love. Because again, we can put up with a lot of things, and we can endure a lot of things, we can bear with a lot of things that we don't like. But we are called to bear with one another in love. Because we love Jesus, and because we love one another, sometimes we've got to bear with one another. And hey, you get on my nerves, okay, you drive me nuts, but I love you anyway. And because I love you, I will bear with you. Because we're all part of a family here. And you all know, sometimes family has to put up with family. Thanksgiving is coming, my friends. And there's a difference between bearing with stuffing and bearing with Uncle Bill. Because sometimes Uncle... Apologies to any Uncle Bills here. But, um, you know, putting up with Uncle Bill is a lot harder than putting up with, you know, stuffing, touching your mashed potatoes. You know what I'm talking about. And you know who I'm talking about. Not Uncle Bill, but that person here at church who drives you crazy. The person here at church who drives you nuts. So I, I think that you know there's some, some really important keys to understanding how we are to bear with one another. Three important keys that you've got to understand this morning to figure out how to bear with one another. Uh, the first one is, is that you will not be best friends with everyone. You are not Buddy the Elf. Y'all remember the movie Elf and how Buddy wanted to be best friends with everybody? Hi, this is Buddy the Elf. What's your favorite color? So if you've seen the movie. If you haven't seen it, see it. It's Christmas. It's coming up on Christmas time. See Elf as fast as you can. It's magical. Um, but you will not be best friends with everyone in church. And I, I know, I know some of you are thinking, I will prove him wrong. I will, I will be best friends with everyone at church. Folks, we are an organization that has between four and 600 people who meet here on a somewhat regular basis. And we've got new people coming in all the time. You are not going to be best friends with everyone. And everyone's not going to be best friends with you. I've tried. Believe me, I've tried. You're not going to be best friends with everyone. There are going to be people that get on your nerves. There are going to be people whose nerves you get on. So you're not going to be best friends with everyone. And in fact, in fact, um, you will need to bear with some fellow Christians. There will be people it, in the church, there will be people at GFCC that you will look at and say, yep, that's them. Sean was talking about them this morning. Because i got to bear with that person. I have to patiently endure them. I have to put up with them in love. Because you love them and you love Jesus, you will bear with them. And it could be uh, whatever differences you may have, whatever differences come along. You may think, you know, she's a Republican and I'm a Democrat, and, and I'm telling you right now, I'm going to have to bear with that person in love. You may be thinking, uh, he's 70 years old and I'm 24 years old, and we're going to have some differences. We're going to see things, we're going to see the world differently, and I'm going to have to put up with them, or, or they're going to have to put up with me. I'm going to have to bear with those differences. You may be thinking, you know, uh, they have this view on this social issue, and I don't have that view on this social issue, and I'm telling you right now, I'm going to have to bear with that person in love. And those things do come up. 
We are not going to see eye to eye on everything. We are not going to see eye to eye on every issue. We're going to have differences in the ways that we see, because we're all different people. If we were all the same, how boring would this be? It'd be terribly boring. It's our differences that make it interesting. It's our differences that make it kind of fun from time to time. So instead of like, you know, jumping down somebody's throat on Facebook because they post something that you don't necessarily like and you disagree with and making a big, big public spectacle of it, maybe approach that person in love and say, hey, I want to ask you a question. Let's have a dialogue. Let's, and, and sometimes we may have to agree to disagree, but we've got to do so agreeably, in an agreeable way. And I'll get into that in just a second as to why we need to do that. So, you're not going to be best friends with everybody. And there are going to be some Christians that you will need to bear with. And here's, here's the bad part. There are some Christians who are going to need to bear with you. Not everyone is your best friend. And the people, and just like you have to bear with some people, some people got to bear with you. And your idiosyncrasies, and your personal preferences, and your political opinions, and your fill in the blank, your love for the Green Bay Packers. That's a lot of bearing with, I know, I know. There's a lot of putting up with, I know. So, when it comes to bearing with, when it comes to putting up with, there are things that you do that drive other people crazy. They could be in your house. They could be here at church. Uh, they could be out in the marketplace. There are people, fellow Christians, people who love Jesus as much as you do, and whom Jesus loves as much as he loves you, and there are other and, and you don't like what they do, and you don't like the way they think, and you don't like, and guess what? They feel the same way about you. They don't like the way you think. And they don't like the way that you believe. And they don't like the way that you behave. But they love Jesus. And they love you. So therefore, they are willing to put up with you. Just like you need to be willing to put up with them. And so I have a challenge for you this morning. And this is a simple, this is first step challenge. First step challenge when it comes to bearing with somebody, when it comes to putting up with somebody. And that is, I want you, picture them in your mind, picture them in your mind, that person, and you can see them. I want you to pray for that person this week. I want you to pray, not that God would change them, but that's not how this works. You're going to pray that God will change your heart. And that God will help you love them and bear with them in love. But that's the hard part. It's like, oh Lord, if you would just change them and make them stop doing that annoying thing. If you would just change their voter registration. If you would just change their theological position. If you would just change the way uh, that they um, uh, you know, cough too loudly. Whatever it is. If you would just change them, everything would be fine. I could bear with them so much easier if you would just make them different. Instead, pray that God would change your heart. Pray for a blessing in their life 
because that means you truly love them. Pray that God would bless them and God would change you. Oh, Sean, can't we just go to another church? No. No, you're stuck here. And you're stuck with them. And you're stuck with me. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. When we do this, when we learn to bear with one another in love, and we, need, we learn to put up with one another in love, when we do this, we show the world that we're different. Because in the world, you know, they don't do this. They don't put up with one another in love. They, they may put up with things. They may put up with positions. They may put up with preferences. And they may, you know, just suffer through it. Because again, the definition of tolerance, they will tolerate but they don't love. If we in the church can do this, if we can love each other in spite of our differences, and even in our differences, if we can love each other and pray for each other and, and learn to bear with one another, we'll show the world that we're different. Jesus said that if we, when we love one another, we show the world that we belong to him. We show the world that we are his disciples. It's not by the church you attend. It's not by your bumper sticker. It's not by your license plate. It's not by your Facebook hashtag, hashtag blessed. That's not, that's not how we show the world that we belong to Jesus. It's by the way that we love one another. And even if we have to bear with one another, we bear with one another in love. You see, it, it, it all comes down to this. Jesus makes all the difference in our differences so that we can make a difference for him. Amen? Jesus makes all the difference in our differences so that we can make a difference for him. Say it with me. Jesus makes all the difference in our differences so that we can make a difference for him. And yeah, we're different. Every single one of us. And you're not going to be best friends with everybody. No, some of you are like, ah, that is true of me. I don't want to be best friends with everybody. And some of you are like, but I have to be. And there are going to be people that you have to put up with and people that you have to bear with. And there are going to be people who have to bear with you. But we're going to do it in love. Because Jesus makes all the difference. In our differences. So that we can make a difference for him.